Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos with Corey Pears and Julie Traxler. We are the show that helps entrepreneurs and small business owners take their business to the next level. It's everything that you may or may not want to know about business. And we go all over the place. And if you are tired of sucking, then you found the starting line. That makes no sense, Julie. I know. That's why I wrote it. Because I thought he's going to get really uncomfortable reading this read. Yeah, so yeah, for, well, we're we're kind of working on that intro still, and uh, but we do change up that one last line there, and that that makes no sense. I know um, you're welcome. Thank I did you. that just for you. <laughs> yeah, it's like I wanted our listeners to know that you do everything I tell you to do. No, I just read without actually like you would think that I would proof this, maybe review this before nine a.m., but no. Okay, yeah. well, it's, it's a surprise to me. You're welcome. Yes. Well, anyway, so today's show, we've got Tom McMakin on. He is the CEO of the Profitable Profitable Ideas Exchange. That's a uh, consultancy focused on helping expert service firms with business development by building peer communities of likely buyers. Um, He's also the author of Never Say Sell and How Clients Buy. Both of these books are great books on basically how to sell, how to connect with clients, that type of stuff. And he's been featured in all sorts of places like Inc., Fast Company, um, Washington Post, USA Today. I don't know if I'd brag about that one. Uh, The Economist, (laughs) Newsweek, um, et cetera. But before we bring Tom on after the first break there, we're going to talk about, I don't know, what do you want to talk about? Well, I want to first, I want to talk about why um, we asked Tom to come on the show. So first off, Tom is also... Um, he co-authored How Clients Buy with Doug Fletcher, and Doug was on our BizQuick podcast on Tuesday, and Tom is actually on our podcast today, so it's a double whammy for Tom. We've got him on the Defeat the Chaos, and he's on our podcast, and I read that book uh, late last year, and in all honesty, I immediately wished I would have read it when we first started SB Pace because it was, it's a game changer if you're selling services. It really is. So I just was fascinated with it. I reached out to both Tom and Doug on LinkedIn, and they were both so like just very, very welcoming, had conversations with me, um, and then both said yes to coming on the podcast, sent me their books, their, their new books that they've written. And they're just really great guys and really smart. So I'm excited to talk about sales and business development because it, because it is such a, it's such a tough animal for so many small business owners who are selling like consultant services or coaching services. And you like, listen, I've been a consultant for a really long time but I've never sold before. And now with SB Pace, I have to sell. And so having this tool just was a game changer for me. You know, there's two people in this room that wish you had read that book prior to <laughs> us starting this business. I know, right? I'm yes. sorry, man. Um, you know, since you are the one who is responsible for the sales side of the business, but I, like anything, we we learn, we grow. and We do. You know, some of us learn faster than others. Sure. And it's it's a part of like, we were having a conversation with a client yesterday who uh, launched a, he's got a YouTube channel. He's had a podcast for years, but he just launched a YouTube channel and, and he was concerned about it not being 
um, like we sent him some feedback and he was concerned that it wasn't going to be as crisp or as professional or it's like, well, it's I believe a- his exact words were this might ruin my brand. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, well, no, like it's, you don't have a brand yet. <laughs> for, yeah. First of all, second, it's, it's okay to not be great when you first start off. And especially something like YouTube or podcasting, it's fun because you get to see your progression. Like yeah. people can see, Oh God, they were terrible, but they're awesome now. And it's, like I, you go back and listen to old old podcasts of of somebody you know some podcasts you listen to like the original like I don't even like to listen to them I'm like well this isn't this isn't what I know but I mean it's good to see where they were yeah and and that you know just just start yeah exactly and and that's I think it's important because that not I mean you can literally see or hear the progression on a podcast or a YouTube channel but you can equate that to really that's, that's for anything in life, right? You start a business, like you're, if it's your first business, you're probably not going to be great when you first start, but there's a progression and you're going to learn and you're going to make adjustments and then you're going to keep moving forward. So I think there's a, there's a lot of benefits to just leaving the old stuff out there and making those incremental improvements. Sure. And even people who are seasoned, seasoned veterans in the entrepreneurial world, when they start a new business, if they look back five, 10 years, it's going to be completely different because yeah. you should be constantly updating, constantly changing, constantly trying to become better. And what you know now is going to be nowhere near what you know in five years. Correct. Hey, I want to ask you a question. What? I, um, we've been talking a lot lately internally, and we've talked about it on our podcast about ways that you can support small business owners and entrepreneurs that don't cost anything. Yes. And I had, I, there was this thing that captured my attention yesterday and I just, I want to ask you about it. So we know, you know, there's a labor shortage for a lot of businesses, right? People are stepping out on their own. People are not going back to work. The pandemic, I mean, what are they calling it? The great resignation, right? Yeah, that's a part of the pandemic. A part, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, poor words, poor choice of wording <laughs> yes. on my part, but yes. So I read yesterday, and I had never thought about it in this context before. I know you go to a restaurant, like don't be shitty to the employees just because it takes long, a long time to get your food or your to get a refill or whatever, because they're short on employees. And that's, you know, that's a real problem for almost every restaurant in existence. Well, not only that, there's a good chance that the employees that are in the restaurants now, they're pretty green because a lot of the veterans who were out there during the pandemic realized, you know what, tired of food service and understandably so. And so the, the people who are working there now probably don't have much experience in restaurants. True. So what I read yesterday was it kind of like mind blown, like, And that was my mind being blown. I don't know if you caught that sound effect. I think everybody did. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Um, Something that you can do to help support small business owners is to treat their employees really, really well. When you are kind to their employees, it doesn't make them want to quit. They want to keep coming back to work. And so you're helping a small business owner just by being a decent human being. And that's the thing. You don't even have to treat them really, really well. You just have to understand that, hey, they're a human. They're a human. And we like unless you're completely blind and deaf to what's going on in the world, everybody knows there's supply chain issues. There's labor shortages. There's all of these things going on. And yelling at a server or a cashier is not going to help anything at all. 
Uh, I've got a news story later, which we're going to talk about with like the uh, grocery store shelves being empty, but that's a part of the, what grocery stores are dealing with right now is people are yelling at the, the stock boys or the <laughs> managers. Like they have no control over what product is in their, their store. Like, I'm sorry that your favorite brand of deodorant is out of stock right now, but there's nothing we can do about it. Just grab some Pert Plus or Pert Teen Spirit or whatever. I don't even well, know. Well, Pert Plus is shampoo. <laughs> sure. And I also want, I just want to go on record and say that I don't, deodorant, it's not necessarily a favorite brand as much as it is may, many people suffer where only one brand works for them, Corey. So if they're, if that brand is out of stock, they're probably going to smell bad. That's a whole other conversation. We need to get a doctor on the phone, a dermatologist or somebody. Yes. I, I don't know about that, but I'm sure there's another brand out there that will quote unquote work for them. There's two brands that work for me and one of them leaves my armpits itchy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. But yeah, getting back into that because it's not like they're not, it's not their fault for their issues. And even yelling at the manager is not really going to help anything. Um, right. You know, they, they yelling at anybody isn't going to help anything. Sure. I mean, and there is like, everybody's trying, nobody's trying to screw you over. Nobody's trying to upset a customer, especially nowadays. So just realize that talking to them like they're a human being is a, just a great way to just, you know, live your life in general. But you'll probably, like, what's the saying? You attract more flies with honey than vinegar, I think. Something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just, you're going to, you're going to probably get a better like solution to your problem if you're not a dick. So don't be a dick, America. Yeah, don't be a dick, America. All right. Should we talk about answers to questions everybody sure. should be asking? Sure. Let's All right. Do that. I want to, can I go first? Yes. Corey, it's playoff time in the NFL, which begs the question, why is the NFL so much better at business than the NBA? Well, describe business making money <laughs> does the nba not make money i think the nba well yes i'm sure the nba makes money but no but listen we all know the nfl is king people look for reasons to talk about the nfl 12 months out of the year sure i barely talk about the nba when the nba is playing well football is the number one sport in america so that would make sense that it being the most popular sport sure nfl is king yeah why I don't know why is soccer the number one sport pretty much everywhere else in the world. I, I actually just saw this map last night. Uh, it had like the number one sport across like the like every country, the number one sport, and by and large, soccer, excuse me, football uh, was the number one sport <laughs> for all of our foreign fans out there. Um, it was the number one sport across the, the globe. And then there's just some random ones here and there. Archery was the number one sport uh, somewhere in Asia, I think, yeah. which was kind of weird, but it's, I, I don't know why it's, I mean, it's a great sport. Uh, it's engaging. Everybody can kind of, it, it's got a little bit of something for everybody. Whereas uh, we're talking about the NFL. Yeah. Whereas like basketball is, I mean, it's kind of, I'm going to, I'm too, it's just like two dimensional where like there's, I mean, there's offense and defense and it's, it's, it's not as engaging as football where there's just so much more going on. Plus they're just bigger franchises. So if you're talking about supporting a team of 55 individuals versus a team of 10, I mean, by a factor of, assume that's, you know, like by five, like you're already like five times larger than the NBA because you have to have that much more to support that many people. It's interesting. I have a completely different take on it. Okay. What's that? Well, first off, I am curious what our listeners think on this one, right? Why they think the NBA is 
not as big of a business. Or I mean, any sport, really. Yeah. Um, so here's what I think. I think it's twofold. One, I think scarcity. The N- NFL has far fewer games. It's a shorter season and not everybody makes it into the playoffs. I'm pretty sure in the NBA, everybody gets, everybody gets a trophy. And in recent years, I think the NBA is doing worse because the NBA has gone woke. And I don't think the NFL is quite as woke as the NBA is. And I think that's a problem for a lot of Americans. Yeah, I I could agree with that for sure. And I think that there's definitely some hypocrisy going on um, in the NBA and people see it where, you know, we need to support human rights, but we do whatever China tells us to do. Um, So there's that issue there, but uh, yeah, I I like that scarcity idea. You just got us banned in China. Perfect. (laughs) Sorry, China listeners. (laughs) Um, But the, um, the scarcity thing definitely makes sense. Cause if you think about uh, uh, baseball, for example, MLB, they have 168 games a year. Yeah. 90% of those games probably are like 30% attendance. And why would anybody really like, I don't care if my team wins or loses today because there's 150 more games left in the season. So yeah, I mean, that's a great point there. You're welcome. Perfect. All right. Well, let's jump into something a little more along the lines of what we're going to talk about with Tom. Okay. Let's let's, do it. Let's uh, let's talk about business development. All right. And how can I get better at business development? You personally, or is that like, Uh, it's like a, a, just a just in general, the listeners are all asking this right now. They are, they should be asking this. How can I get better at business development? Um, well, I'm, I can't wait to bring Tom on after the break and, and talk about this question, because this is really going to be the crux of what we talk about with him. I think you can get better at business development straight up by doing business development, the act of doing it, right? The consistent actions that you take day after day after day. Um, And for a lot of folks who aren't used to doing it, it's scary. Like there's a fear factor involved there. Cold calling. Nobody wants to do cold calling. So when you say business development, like in in your mind, because I was thinking something different, business is like developing those the, the clients, the leads, the customer base, like, like building that brand, the external brand. It's selling. Selling. Okay. So, yes. okay. Yes. What, what were you thinking it is? I was thinking more along the lines of like the internal stuff, like actually developing my business and like helping build the foundation out and that type of oh, stuff. Oh, that's interesting. Like my, building, not my business, but my business. Got it. Any yeah. sense at all. It does make sense. Nobody can see my hands, but you, but right. Yeah, no, I get, I pick, I'm picking up what you're dropping. I, no, in this context, it means like getting more, more business, more sales. Like how can you get better at sales? How can I get better at client retention, client engagement, prospecting, all of those things. And all of those things be, they have some of a, somewhat of a fear factor associated with them. If you're new to it, right. I don't think anybody ever, gets to the point where they enjoy cold calling, but doing cold calling gets you better at all of the other things. Having a process in place helps with business development. Um, having a very specific client niche. Is it niche or niche? I always forget. Uh, I niche? think it's I don't niche. Know. Sure. I like niche. It that. makes me sound French. Okay. Go with it. <laughs> so having, you know, having a client niche, knowing what you're really, really good at, 
um, and where you can really help a client achieve, you know, maximum value where that to me, those things help you with business development, but it's, <laughs> I'm sorry, Aaron just said he pronounces it and all he did was spell it. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah. Niche. Yes. I, I say niche. 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 Okay. Let's just say that over and over again for the next two minutes until break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that, and I think, I mean, when it comes to that business development from that perspective, then routine is extremely important. Getting in the routine of this is what I'm going to do every single day. I'm going to call X number of people. I'm going to engage a certain amount of people on social media. I'm going to try and meet however many new people we, we've yeah. got, we've got a friend and somebody in our network who loves networking uh, so much uh, so that it's, it's, it's yes. counterproductive yes, because it's just a very social individual, but he, he, he is great at that side of things. Cause it's just like, I want to go meet everybody I can. I want to, I want to shake the hands of everybody I can in the room, Yeah, which is like, that's not my thing for sure. If I'm going, if I walk in a room and be like, can I just stand in the corner? Can I actually just not go? Right. You yeah. like to hang in the cut. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I do think, you know, that's the important part of um, that business development, that consistency. Right. But, you know, as Tim Grover says in winning, like winning is boring. You're just doing the same thing day after day, after day, after day, getting really consistent with it. And that's, that's a key part of business development, but I'm so excited to hear what Tom has to say after the break. Yeah. And I'll just go ahead and say, before we go, the only time that winning isn't boring is when you're gambling. Oh, that is such a good fact. I want to talk about that. We'll talk about that (laughs) later in the show, but for now, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have Tom McMakin on. Hey everybody, this is Corey from Defeat the Chaos and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum, INC. 
Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. All right, welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. We've got Tom McMakin with us. Tom, we, oh my goodness, we're so excited to have you on the show. Like, as we said in the, at the beginning portion, you're a double whammy today because you're not only on our radio show, you are also on our podcast that came out today. So thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Julie. Thanks for having me. How's the weather in Montana today? You know, it's snowy and cold. I love it. I love snowy and cold. So I'm here. I'm here for the archery segment. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Archery only. <laughs> good. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so, what, Tom, why why do you think the NFL is a bigger business than uh, the NBA? You know, I'm going with your scarcity thing. I I think that's good. And and violence. Let's let's be clear. Uh, Americans are addicted to violence. It's the uh, it's a crazy world out there and stressful and a little vicarious violence never hurts on a, on a Sunday afternoon. That is true. I do love a nice hit. Yeah. Yeah. Thursday night or Saturday. Gladiators, American gladiators. Yeah, exactly. All right. I want to dive right in because I have a, I have a pressing question for you that I am really curious about it. And it has been really on my mind since I started reading your new book, Never Say Sell. So mm. I, in full disclosure, I am not 100% done with it, um, but I'm about three quarters done. So when I read, um, uh, how, how clients buy, how clients buy, I was like, how did I forget the name of the book? I've been bragging for months. Yeah. When I read How Clients Buy, I was, um, it's just like, to me, it's a roadmap. It's a clear roadmap for how to sell services, right? It was just uh, brilliant. And I'm reading Never Say Sell. And there's one thing that that is on my mind as I read this entire book. And I'm wondering how a business like SB Pace addresses this. So we deal with small businesses, very small businesses, right? We're talking usually 20 or less employees, most frequently 10 or less, right? So there's not a lot of, you know, verticals inside of a business. So we're working almost always directly with the owner and we're selling them something. And one of our, the things that we pride ourselves on at, at SB Pace is that we're, we're very upfront, all inclusive, like here's the pricing and we're not going to nickel and dime you throughout the process. Like, oh, that's an extra $500 if you want that. Or, oh, that's like 5,000 more. We don't do that to our clients, right? Even to the point where we have a client right now that we're working with. It's a coaching client 
She bought a coaching package. And at, at some point through the process, she realized that she needed website development. Well, we do that. And we were really hesitant to even sell that to her because we didn't want to go against our um, commitment that we weren't going to be nickel and diming her. So the way that I approached it was we there's a lot of things you need that we offer as a service, but we don't want it to feel like we're constantly trying to sell you something. So here's when we when there's something you need, we're going to tell you we do it, but we're also going to offer up other people that do it if you want to go somewhere else to get it. And for me, that feels it, it feels less like we're just constantly trying to get money from our clients, but it also feels like a huge miss on opportunity for us because we all know the easiest client to get is the one you already have. So I'm just kind of curious about your thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. When we did research for Never Say Sell, we found that people that offered expert services, whether it's the kind of business development services that you all offer, or whether you're an attorney or an accountant, um, that uh, year over year, and when they looked at their new revenues, 80% of those new revenues came from existing clients with some sort of add-on uh, sale, if you will. And so the question you're asking is, how do you do that without seeming sort of rapacious? How do you, how do, you do that without uh, seeming kind of salesy? I, I think there are a couple tips here. One is um, when you scope out your first uh, engagement, make sure there's a clear endpoint. Um, look, what are we going to do here? We're going to coach you once every two weeks for the next six months in order to get you over the hump of hiring a professional CFO to, to help you with the company. Um, and that engagement is going to end in six months. And so you count it down every you know two months. You're like, we're one third of the way through. We're two thirds of the way through. How are we doing? Um, we're coaching every two weeks. It uh, looks like you've hired this person. Now we're six months through, so we're done. Congratulations, we've solved that problem. Um, hey, are there any other problems that you would like to solve? And then let's see if we can't scope something that would uh, help meet that particular challenge. So that's one, one tip. I think another tip that the big consulting firms do is they never have the person that is doing the work um, pitch the add-on work. So there's always a senior partner. The senior partner shows up, let's say that's Corey, um, shows up at the first meeting with Julie and the client and, uh, and uh, says, look, okay, we're going to do some coaching here. And then after about six months or so, Corey comes back, not having been involved in the coaching and goes, hey, I just want to check in and make sure everything's going okay. And by the way, is there anything else we can do for you? Because we've got a number of different services. And for some reason, having the helper be a separate person from the asker really helps. It's a tip that the big term, the big firms all use. Does that make sense, Julie? <laughs> it, it, I'll answer for her because in this scenario, I am now the senior partner. So I appreciate right. that. Um. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the one, the first point that you brought up though, I, I didn't really think about until now that it, it's, it, and it's so obvious is that if you do a good job and if you build a good relationship, they're going to want to work with you. So it's not going to be that slimy when you say, here's another problem that we can help you solve. If they believe in what you do and what your product or your service is, they're going to want to continue to work with you, assuming they have it in the budget, et cetera. But 
Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's something here, though, which is that when you start a small services business, you, you generally follow the advice of niching yourself. Did I say that right? Niching? <laughs> niching yourself, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't you know, follow Aaron, the advice. That right? <laughs> yeah. You follow the advice of niching yourself. And uh, you say you're really good. Let's say you're a, an accountant and you say, I'm really good at doing taxes for nonprofits. That's my niche in the greater Atlanta metropolitan market. That's what I do. And uh, that specificity attracts new clients. Oh, you need a nonprofit accountant? Go talk to Tom. Um, the problem is that becomes a sort of brand prison after a while because you're known for that, but you want to expand what you're known for. And so it's challenging to do that. A, a lot of times what people do is they try and house the new capacity in a new person. Um, so I'm really expert at being a nonprofit uh, tax person. Um, and I want to expand into uh, nonprofit marketing. And uh, I can tell my clients, you know, I just want to let you know that I, I recently joined forces with this excellent nonprofit marketing um, firm. And uh, to the extent that you all have marketing needs, we now have that capacity. In fact, I'd love to take you and that person out to lunch and introduce them to you because if I'm good at nonprofit taxes, they're even better at nonprofit marketing. I, what I thought of when you were talking, talking through that, that specific example was almost like in, in Hollywood, when somebody gets typecast, they're always like, you know, exactly. Yeah. That's it's, it's just like that. So that's, that's interesting. And I never really thought about, when you when you take it when when you have a specific niche, what that can do to you um, in the long term, and and then the need to expand on that. Hey, I want to jump in on something what Corey said because I think it's interesting. He said, "Look, uh, they already know you, they already love you. It should be the easiest business in the whole world to get." But let's be clear, uh, it's not always easy. So what's e what's generally easy is if you've done a coaching gig for somebody and you want to renew that coaching gig, they know you, they know you're good and they trust you, meaning that you've got their back. Um, so that you're both capable and you're, you're in their corner. Renewing that coaching contract is relatively easy, but there are other kinds of ways to expand your remit, if you will, inside of a, inside of a client. And that is to do what we said, which is to do different sort of work. Um, and in that case, they do know and they love you, but they're not necessarily confident that you can do this new sort of work. I mean, I'll give you an example. I know and love and trust my neighbor and I would have them babysit my kids all day long. But if my car broke down, um, notwithstanding the fact that I know and I love them and I use them for babysitting services, I'm not sure I would take the old clunker next door and have them try and fix it because I'm not sure they know how to do that kind of work. And so there is a burden when we're trying to do different kinds of work to show our clients case studies where we've done a good job and provide references for this different kind of work. There's another kind of cross-selling that occurs in clients, and that is where you want to do the same work that you've been doing, coaching, but in a different part of the business. So let's just say, for example, you work with a franchisee at McDonald's and you're a coach to that owner of the, the franchise, and you're like, you know what I'd really like to do is work with the franchisee in Marietta, not just downtown Atlanta. 
um, could you introduce me? So you think, oh, they know and they love me. But the new person, while they might have heard you're quite good at coaching, they don't, they don't necessarily trust you. And so you've got some work there. You need to take them out for lunch and build some rapport before you win that uh, ancillary business, if you will. And the, the thing that we hate over here at SP Pace and mm, we, yes, we hate when it comes to coaches and consultants is people who try and sell themselves for stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Oh, so the when, you're, when you're talking about your neighbor who's a babysitter and, you know, maybe you're having a conversation with them and you're talking about your car and it's having, it's making this sound They're like, oh, you know, I could work on cars too. It's like, well, can you, or are you just trying to get my money? And that's gives, in my opinion, gives, or our opinion, uh, consultants and coaches just a terrible name because there's so many people out there that just want to get your money and they're not qualified to do the work and they're not oh. doing the due diligence on the client either. And that was the the terrible sales call we had, which I'll, I'll say we don't have too much time, but I'll just wrap it up real quick. We got invited to be a part of this call and we were bringing a different set of services than what the, the main uh, coach consultant was. And at some point during the call, one of the things that the other guy was pitching, the client, the potential lead, the, the lead, the potential client said to him, well, you know, I've got a second business that does that already. <laughs> and both Julie and I just kind of like, I could see her jaw drop and I'm sure mine did too. It's like, you, you didn't know that this client did this already? And it just spiraled down downward from there. But yeah, that- it's the worst. And, you know, conversely, Corey, when, when someone asks you to do something, when the babysitter says, when you say, oh, my car broke down and the babysitter goes, well, let's be clear. I know nothing about cars, but um, I use uh, Foster's Master Tech downtown. You should give them a call. They're actually building their own credibility as a consultant. So when you, let's say you don't do website development and someone ask you as a coach, like, I really need to do some website development and say, you know what, we had really good experience on our website with XYZ firm that builds credibility because they know that you're acting in their interests, not in your own commercial interests. You're not doing what this person on the sales call did and said, huh, websites never done that before, but I could go get websites for dummies out of the library and see if I could figure that out on your dime. Anyway, that that doesn't build trust. That's the exact, that seems money grubbing, like you say. Yeah. So that I, I love that point because with this same client who needed the website, well, we do website development. She also really needed SEO and we don't do that. So we gave a, we recommended, here's who we use. They're fantastic. Um, and I'm like, I, we offered up, we'll give you their information and we can research and give you some other people as well. So you have a choice because, you know, we're not, we don't get anything if she uses the same uh, vendor that we use for SEO. It's, but, but she doesn't know that. Right. So I want her to know, like, look, this is who we use. They're experts, but there's also some other options. And in the end, she said, I'm going to go with the one that you guys use. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, we're, we're pretty good about the recognizing we have, we have very strong partners that we work with, but I, I struggle with that whole expanding, you know, the service offering to an existing client at the risk of sounding like we're, you know, on a big money grab. So I really need to work on that. Cause I do know instinctively that it makes way more sense to try and, you know, get more work with the clients we already have. There's, it takes less time and less money to get those clients to continue to work with you. 
yeah and so it's all it's all a game of sort of inches like you're you're trading off that opportunity against the sort of the power of the niche um and so that's why most people when they're trying to get new business they say you know what we don't do websites but we would love to figure out a way to coach your key employees and expand some of the language that we've developed uh, with you to the people that you're working with so that we really create a kind of machine inside of the business. Um, so most people, when they're, they're expanding their business, tend to stay close to the knitting. Love it. Love it. Well, we are running out of time here, Tom. So before we go, can you give our listeners one last uh, tip when it comes to just building that relationship with the uh, with potential clients? Yeah, one last tip. You know, I uh, in this world of COVID, we're not able to sort of travel as much and sit down with people um, and uh, and and make new friends in a networking kind of way. I, one of the things that, so I have a firm that I run my sort of day job called Profitable Ideas Exchange. And what we do for big consultings, you should do for your little services firm, which is in an effort to build new relationships, we invite peers together um, to talk, used to be over lunch, but now it's over Zoom, about best practices. And we don't try and be the expert on that call. We simply ask everyone questions and have this, have everyone sort of share the wisdom in the room. And by underwriting the conversation, say between uh, accountants in car dealerships in greater Atlanta, um, uh, we position ourselves as an expert in that particular field. So I feel like in this era of Zoom, we should be convening zoom calls of the people we most want to work with that are peers with each other so that they can swap swap best practices in real time and in a funny way that has a kind of halo effect on our reputation for expertise in that particular niche did i say that right yes you did (laughs) you did tom you were a great guest thank you so much and i really I sincerely mean this. I just want to stay connected with you because I feel like you are a roadmap to success for SB Pace because you just, you're so brilliant at this stuff. So I really appreciate your time today and, you know, on both the podcast and on the show, you've just, you've been so generous. Thank you. Wow. Julie, I'm blushing. Thank you so much. Well, big fan of the show. Thank you guys for having me on. Yep. Thank you, Tom. And we can connect, or if you want to connect with Tom, his information is going to be in the show notes for this, correct? Yeah, but already yeah, good. Oh, perfect. It's already out there. So great. Thanks, Tom. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Corey from Defeat the Chaos, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. 
Voice America Network proudly presents the Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to the Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. And just to continue the conversation, kind of topic that we had running theme throughout the show. So during the break, I decided I was going to look up the correct pronunciation of niche. And it turns out this is something that we've already searched on at some point because it was already in my history, my search history. (laughs) And the correct pronunciation is niche or niche. But niche is the older of the two. Niche came into... Um, popularity in the 20th century. So if you want to sound like a pretentious douche, say niche. Otherwise, it's niche. Got it. It's niche. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do not want to sound like a pretentious no, douche. you do not. <laughs> all right. First of all, you know what that sound means? It's time to gamble. It's time for the game of the week. Now, we're going to give a quick recap of last week. So uh, my Pittsburgh Steelers conquered the Ravens. Not only did they cover the spread. They won the game. So congrats to the Steelers. That puts me at two and zero on the season. Julie, how'd you fare? I did not win last week. Womp womp. Yeah. I took the Rams and not only did they not cover, well, they were the favorites. They lost. So that sucks. So does that mean I get to pick first this week? Sure. But that's what we, we like to say to uh, favorites who don't um, cover, who don't, you know, you if, deserve to lose. If you can't cover, you deserve to lose. Exactly. Right. That is We do say that. And we've said that a lot this season. Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. My pick this week is the Dallas Cowboys at minus three over the San Francisco 49ers. And Corey has said, I hate the 49ers. That is not true. I actually hate the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Don't tell me they're America's team. They're not. 
but I just think, um, well, between the Packers and the Cowboys, no teams have fared better against the spread this season. Combined, they're like 90% ATS. That stands for against the spread listeners. Perfect. And I, yeah, I would take the, the Cowboys at home as well. That's a pretty much a no-brainer with the, the Niners. I think that, I mean, we're getting into playoff games aside from, unfortunately, my Steelers. I think that most games are probably going to be pretty close. And that's why I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders getting... Five and a half points at the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the Bengals, great team this year, kind of a surprise. Everybody expects the Bungles to be exactly that, the Bungles. But the Raiders, I think they'll keep it close. They'll lose by a field goal, so I'll take the points in that one. Excellent. And if you're wondering why, listeners, if you're wondering why we do gambling picks on this show, how that's related to business, well, gambling is one of the biggest businesses in this country, both legal and illegal. So... And we also have a great blog that we'll have to dig up uh, that describes because March Madness last year, we described yeah. the, the the comparison between sports betting and because um, sports betting really isn't gambling. There, there's a skill to it. There's a lot of data, a lot of numbers. There's risk. There's ways that you can hedge your risk. It's just like the stock market. It's just like opening a business realistically. Like, I mean, that sounds like it sounds like a, um, you know, some sort of drug user trying to justify justify using drugs, but um, it's not, it's, it's really, there, there is, um, I mean, there's, there is a, an addiction part of, I mean, it's fun, but it's there, there is that uh, there's a lot of similarities between that and business. And so, and we like to keep uh, things light and um, you know, business isn't always about business. Sometimes it's just shooting the shit. Correct. Amundo. Well, that's, let, that's Spanish for crap. No, it's not. Let's get into uh, current events. Let's do it. What do you have? I have a couple of great headlines today. So here's my first one that I have. 10 Iowa City entrepreneurs are selected for accelerator program to solve community issues. So there is a company out of Bentonville, Arkansas called Heartland Forward that actually pulls together entrepreneurs in towns, let's them in cities, and then um, funds it for them to actually improve the city. So um, one of the quotes in the article is that solving problems with an entrepreneurial mindset is key to putting our communities in a position to thrive and rebuild our local economies. Our Iowa City builders have innovative ideas that can have real impact on their communities. I love this idea. I think this is amazing. I think it's a great idea too, except if you put on the tinfoil hat, like I'm about to do. So you said they're out of Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah. That's Walmart's headquarters. Yeah, exactly. So don't you think Walmart's probably uh, funding this to try and improve cities so they can put some more Walmarts in here and there. (laughs) Just, Hey, we're going to fund, we're going to fund the city so we can improve them more Walmarts. Well, uh, so it's now you're thinking about it. Iowa. Yeah. So this community growth program and toolkit was originally piloted in Tulsa, Oklahoma and Oxford, Mississippi. Um, it's, I, I think it's a great idea because they're solving these very real problems, um, on education, childcare, and other issues that happen in, in our communities that, you know, a lot of times just get overlooked. So I, I love it. And it's giving, entre- like, you want to problem solve, get an entrepreneur. I completely agree with that. Everybody knows my disdain for government and the problem with um, with government is there's no competition. And that's the problem is that you can't 
if if you're unhappy with the DMV, it's not like you can go to a competing DMV. Correct. You're just stuck with your DMV. So that's the uh, the throw a, a private business at any problem, throw the private sector at a problem, and you'll have a solution. Like for example, like the um, the uh, with the Pfizer report that came out with the, the vaccine, and not getting into anything, but they said they're going to release it over the next seventy five years, and it's because the FDA or I think it's the FDA said, oh well, we we can only do five hundred pages a month or something like that, and it would take seventy five years to release all of it. And I was on a text thread with some friends, and, and I was like, I bet if you threw that at a threw that at a private business and said that you get paid when the job's done, it would be done by mid February. 100 <laughs> yes. percent agreement yes that's a that's a great point so entrepreneurs solve problems they do um i'm gonna uh go across uh the pond the pond i didn't want to say that but that's what people say but yeah i'm gonna go over to the uk now and uh we're gonna talk about the uh, rest, uh restaurant a grocery chain over there supermarket chain that has removed the sell-by date from milk products. And the idea is that they are wasting too much milk. And Julie initially brought this up to me and she was like, this is ridiculous and whatever. But like when I started reading it, I was like, I actually like this because they, they didn't, they have a best buy date on there because I'm a firm believer in expiration dates are just mere suggestions. Mm-hmm. And, and they explicitly say you should use the sniff test to determine whether or not this is good. And thousands and thousands and thousands of years of evolution have turned humans into this uh, machine that can determine whether or not something's good to eat. And that's why your nose hangs over top of your mouth because it's going to smell whatever's going into your mouth before you actually put it into your mouth. And it tells you, Oh, this is good. This is bad. And regardless, you don't have to get trained to know when something has gone bad, you can smell it and you get that kind of like that retching, that like that gross feeling because thousands of years of evolution have trained you that this is not good. Do not eat this. And I think it's great. Uh, can I take our listeners on a journey right now? Sure. Yeah. I want to go back to, I don't know, mid 2020 when we were in the throes of the pandemic and nobody was really leaving their houses very much. And you were on a quest where you were trying to make it the entire lockdown without having to go to the grocery store. And you pulled out a bag of like mixed fruit and nuts that I believe you bought at Costco. Yeah. And an expired uh, like five years or seven years prior. It was, yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. Yes. And it, I remember there very specifically, there was kiwi in there. We think. We think. And um, I came over one day for work and you were eating from this. It was like a one pound or two pound bag, right? Oh, it, was it was a big bag. It was Costco a Costco bag. It was a big Costco bag. And you were like, here, try these. And you gave me a handful and I was like, what is this? And you're like, oh, I think that's a kiwi, but I'm not really sure. And I'm not going to say you forced me to eat it because you did not. Although I do know I would have been chastised tremendously had I not eaten it. But um, it was not good. It didn't make me sick, but it was not good. And it didn't. I mean, it smelled a little uh, sharp. I'm going to say that. Sure. But it didn't kill you. It didn't kill me. And really, I'm just emphasizing for everyone when he says that he does not believe in their suggestions, the expiration dates, he's not kidding. 
it was five or seven years expired and he ate that whole bag. Sure. And just to be clear, um, this is me personally at home. This has nothing to do with uh, my restaurant. Right, right. Yes. I do follow all of the regulations and all the laws and expiration dates and all of that stuff when yes, it comes to yes. serving the public. But serving myself, I'm a little, little more liberal, a little yes. more loose. When I have like chicken, I'm not sure if it's good or not. I have him smell it. <laughs> yeah, just be like, oh, no, that's still good. Yeah. Um, I want to bring up a real quick story. I know we only had a couple of minutes left. Do I have time? Yes. So this one is not, I didn't read it in the news. I actually saw it on an Instagram story yesterday, and I feel like it is worth addressing. So Andy Frasilla, he is the um, founder of First Form, and he he's an entrepreneur, very good businessman. He announced yesterday he was watching a television show. It was probably like CNN or MSNBC or something, news network, where they feel like Hillary Clinton is about to announce that she's running for president in 2024. I saw that. And Andy Frasilla said, and I quote, if Hillary Clinton runs for president, I'm running against her. Wow, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, I'd, I'm so tired of our politics just in general. Like yeah. I remember back in it was the 2016 prior to the actual election when it was still in like the primaries mm -hmm. and just the news was getting all giddy about like a potential Clinton Bush presidential election again because it was jeb bush was a favorite at a point and like oh this is going to be fun you know i'm like hey let's get rid of the oligarchy folks let's bring some new blood in here let's bring in a different party how about that but no like they're just oh this is going to be fun we're going to run hillary again because we've run out of ideas i guess and that's the problem with government right there there's no fresh ideas i gotta tell you i have never i don't like hillary clinton but man i hope she runs because i want andy priscilla to run for president that, yeah that would be interesting because you know what would become a priority in this country health health would become a priority oh uh, that's true yeah it would be amazing i love it all right well before we go one last uh thing that i read in business insider uh this week was um, a good work ethic is actually po possibly making it harder for you to get a promotion one year at work. The reason being is that office politics play such a large part of how people view you and how successful you are that just doing a good job isn't enough in today's world, which is awful, but that makes sense because the you have to go out there, you got to promote yourself and all of that, but that's all we have left for today, really. That is all we have. So listen, listeners, we want to hear from you. So shoot us an email at info at sbpace.com or you can connect with us on, you know, shoot us a DM on Instagram. We're around. Yeah, we we are happy to answer any questions. Uh, we would love to hear some feedback, some reviews, yeah. positive, negative. Uh, let us know what you like and what you don't like. Yeah, that would we, we do like feedback. And um, uh, just as I mentioned, uh, again, our guest today, Tom McMakin, is amazing. Um, he's got a couple of books out, Never Say Sell and How Clients Buy. He's also on our BizQuick podcast today. Shameless plug for our own podcast there, but I believe we can do that on our own radio. There's show. no shame in that, Julie. There is no shame in that. Yes. And again, we appreciate the listeners. And uh, if you need to connect with us, you can just go to our website, sbpace.com. We're happy to answer any questions or while you're there, why don't you buy our book? 
We got a link for that out there. It's called Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. 100%. And we will be back next week. Same time, different topic. All right. Thanks, everybody. This was Defeat the Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler.